Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. We make decisions all day long. In all kinds of things. When we're younger, what school to go to, go to trade school, go to college, get a job, when to get married, who to get married, where do we work, where do we live. Every day we make decisions. What do we do with this? Should I rent? Should I buy? Should I buy a car? Should I do this? We're filled with decisions. And so here's God's will. God's will is this way. And here's man's will. Well, when my will crosses God's will, God's will always wins. In your life, you're faced with big choices as well as small ones. From what color socks do I wear today to is this the person I want to spend the rest of my life with? You have tens, maybe hundreds of choices to wade through. And then as a believer in Jesus, there are not only more choices, but a whole new perspective from which to base your decisions. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this change in viewpoint today. You'll learn that becoming a Christ follower requires you to change your mindset. You'll find out about the benefits and costs of looking at your decisions in a new way. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 16 as he begins his message, Five C's. Turn to Matthew chapter 16, if you will. Matthew chapter 16. Ephesians 1.11 says this. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we heard of Christ, verse 11 says, and got our hopes up, God had his eyes on us. He had designs for us for glorious living. That was part of his overall purpose that he's working out in everything and everyone. You see, God designed you as a follower of Jesus with unlimited potential to change your world. Pastor teachers get the challenge to teach you and to encourage you and to make sure we're keeping the main thing the main thing. But you have this unlimited potential in a thing called the church that Jesus designed. Now remember, as you look around our world, we might begin to think that the church isn't going to be able to fulfill its calling. No, Jesus said the church will never be defeated by Satan. It's his church, not our church, not Calvary Chapel. It has nothing to do with who you are, who I am. It has to do with God and his son, who's the head of the church. Now, we have developed over the last four, five, six years, five core values, five core commitments that characterize believers who are serious about following Jesus Christ and reaching the potential that God has for them. And we're going to go through those five 
if you're a pastor teacher and you want to challenge your people to, well, reach that potential that God has for them, then these five core commitments are your roadmap, a roadmap to do that. If you'll follow these, your life will be transformed. And together, here in a little bit of Melbourne, Florida, and all over the world, we can accomplish that very thing. Now, here's the first of the five core commitments. Number one, notice we need to commit to being a growing follower of Jesus Christ. A growing follower of Jesus Christ. It's not just about coming to Christ. But it's growing. That growing never really ends. Paul, right up to the end, he he said, I haven't achieved what I want yet. I'm still going for it. So it doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter young, old. doesn't matter when you came to Christ. There's always more challenge in front of us. Now, I've asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 16. Let's look at verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Jesus was shocking his disciples by telling them the future. He had told them numbers of times, but he's pretty explicit right here. And look at the reaction in verse 22 of Peter. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Now, you know well that never, Lord, is an oxymoron. How can you say never to the one that's the boss? It's an oxymoron, like airplane food, large shrimp, things like that. So Peter says to the Messiah, I don't care what plan you just told me, that is definitely not the plan of God. No way. Look at what Jesus says in verse 23. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. I think this is very important because Peter meant well. But he needed to be corrected. Remember, God's word is given to us, not only to encourage and to exhort and to build up and direct, but sometimes to correct. I want you to see three corrections that have to do with all of us. The first thing Jesus said is, get behind me. Here's what I want you to write. Followers of Jesus follow God. They don't lead. You see, in a sense, Peter got out in front of Jesus. To follow simply means to accept the guidance, the command, the direction from the leader. Jesus says, Peter, get out of my way. Move behind me. Quit taking the lead. Get behind me. You follow the path that God has for me. You're still my disciple. And eventually, Peter, you're going to have to follow the path that God has for you. So as you think about that very quickly, are you behind? Are you following? Or do you have your own plan? It doesn't work. Next thing Jesus said is, don't be a stumbling block. This is a huge one for all of us. Here's what you want to write. Followers of Jesus live as stepping stones 
not stumbling blocks. Peter, the stone, the rock, becomes Peter, the stumbling block. When we don't follow Jesus and live by God's plan, when we kind of put our own plan out there, eventually you're going to stumble people because you're going to go down the wrong path. And those people are going to be following you because they think you're a follower of Christ. But they're going to have to come back in line as you are as well. And you can stumble some people. And then maybe one of the most important, notice what he said in that little challenge to Peter. Peter, quit thinking like a man. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I am a man. I'm a human. What what do you want me to think like? Here's what you want to write. Followers of Jesus think like God. We're not supposed to think like men. Jesus is saying this. Your words are not from God, but actually from Satan. Peter, Satan has influenced your mind. Satan is trying to use you to turn me, Jesus, away from the cross. Peter, there's no easy path to the cross. The cross and death are part of God's plan for me. I knew that before the earth was even created. I must obey God and fulfill his plan for my life. So those three corrections are very easily applied in your life and my life as well. Very simple. We follow, we don't lead. We want to help people to get to Christ, not stumble them from Christ. And number three, our thinking. That's why we read the Word of God. Be renewed, Romans says, in our thinking. As we read the Word of God, we see how God thinks. Now look at verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, Take up his cross and follow me. You see, Christianity is not difficult. Just follow Jesus. Say it with me. Just follow Jesus. It's not really complicated. Simply follow him. We pray and we obey. We pray and we obey. When we pray, we hear the mind of God and we simply obey. It's not complicated. But we can make it complicated. So Jesus says to his disciples, you are learning. You've come a long way since we started three and a half years ago. But he basically says to them, I want to challenge you so that you can teach this as well. Here's what it means to really be a follower. He challenges his disciples to be committed followers. Not just a follower. Not just a growing follower but a committed follower to growing, to be more like him. What is commitment? Very simple. It's an agreement or a promise to do something. He says, if you're going to confess Christ, it's going to lead to a commitment to follow Christ. You just can't confess. You have to actually follow. Now, I want to show you this picture. It's pretty, if you haven't eaten tonight, you won't like it, but if you have, it's okay. Which which one of those shows commitment? The chicken or the pig? Hello? 
the pig. The chicken was just a little involved. Cluck, cluck, bonk. There it is. How about the pig? He's totally what? He's totally committed. Big difference, isn't it? Huge difference in our life. So the difference is the pig is committed. Jesus says, you've been watching my lifestyle. You're kind of like the chicken. You're kind of going along with me. I'm calling for more. Because I'm leaving the ministry to you. I'm actually calling for more. I need people that I can count on when I'm not here. He says, if you want to call yourself a real growing Christ follower, you have to be committed. There's three keys. Number one, commit to deny ourselves. If you and I, as pastor teachers, as people, as Christ followers, if we're going to follow Jesus Christ, the number one problem we have is to deny ourselves. You see, the greatest barrier to following Jesus is Mark Balmer. It's you. It's self. The world says we're to love ourselves, we're to pamper ourselves, we're to indulge ourselves, we're to make us numero uno. Jesus says just the opposite. Quit living for self. Quit making yourself number one. You make God number one in your life. Deny yourself. You're to commit to submit and follow wherever God leads. Number two. We have to commit to take up our cross. We have to commit not to just deny ourselves. That's just the first step. But we have to then commit to take up our cross. You know what our cross is. It's where our will crosses God's will and God's will wins. You see, in life, we make decisions all day long. In all kinds of things. When we're younger, what school to go to, go to trade school, go to college, get a job, when to get married, who to get married, where do we work, where do we live. Every day we make decisions. What do we do with this? Should I rent? Should I buy? Should I buy a car? Should I do this? We're filled with decisions. And so here's God's will. God's will is this way. And here's man's will. Well, when my will crosses God's will, God's will always wins. That's my cross. My cross is saying no to me and yes to God. I was reading in my devotion this morning, Abraham, when God came to Abraham, he said, Abraham, I'm going to take you and I want you just to follow me. I'm not going to tell you anything about it much other than I'm going to bless you and you're going to be amazed at what's going to happen in your life. And Abraham just took off and left. Amazing faith. But later... Abraham, when it got bad, when he got to the promised land and a famine came, Abraham didn't consult God. He headed right down to Egypt. How could the same person, who was such an amazing step of faith, denied himself, left all his riches behind, everything behind, and walked off with nothing to follow God? And then later, when there's a little trouble, he goes, okay, okay, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to go down to Egypt. So I have to learn to deny myself. And number two, I have to understand that I have to agree with God's will. I have to take up my cross and simply follow God's will. Now, number three is this. We have to commit to follow Jesus daily. 
This is a difficult one in our world today. And not just here in America, but in our world. When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, we changed kingdoms. We have a new king. The king rules. And our God wants us to walk the same road with him. If you read that verse in the original language, it sounds just like this. Keep on denying yourself. Keep on taking up your cross. And keep on following me. That's exactly what Abraham didn't do. He started out well, but then along the way, he made some decisions and didn't follow God. Just went off to the right and did his own thing. That's so easy for all of us. We've all been there. So here's what I want you to write. It sounds radical. It is, but it's achievable. If you and I are going to follow Jesus, it is going to require radical obedience. Why do I say it's radical? Because sometimes it's not what I want. It's simply what God wants. And it's going to be 24-7. When God challenges us with sin, we don't want a lifestyle of sin. We want a lifestyle of following Jesus. Now, notice there in verse 24, I want you to circle a little word for me. Look back at it. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if. See, if, it's an option. Even though this is a command in the language, it's still an option. Christ commands, but I still have a choice. Christ commanded to the rich young ruler, give all your stuff away and come and follow me. He had a choice. The Bible says he turned and he walked away. He wouldn't deny himself. And he walked away sad. So understand, it involves a free will. I desire and welcome, Jesus says, everyone to come and follow me. Now in life, there's three priorities. You know them well. God, people, and the use of our time. Your most valuable resource is our time. Mine is the same. We don't have time to do our own will. Because when I head off and do my will... I'm going to have wasted energy. I'm going to have to repent. I'm going to have to get back on track. And by the way, many of those are going to be dead ends. It's going to be hurtful as I head down there. So I want to use my time to grow, to become like Jesus. Next, let me read to you. We'll get to this one as we begin 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk, live, lifestyle, as Jesus did. So what does that look like in our life? Here's what you want to write. A follower of Jesus is committed to think, that's the mind of God, to be, that's the character of Christ, and to act or minister like Jesus. That's the way that Jesus ministered to humanity while he was here. Now, all of those come out of a life that's growing to be more like Christ. Our standard is not a set of rules and regulations. Our standard, our role model is Jesus. Now, you and I will never achieve that, but that's where we head to. And it's good that we can commit ourselves to be a growing follower of Jesus Christ. Here's our second core commitment. Celebrate. And live the fulfilling lifestyle. 
Now, what comes to your mind when you see this word celebrate? Some of you think of a birthday. As you get older, man, the celebration kind of goes down just a little bit. How many of you are at 14 holding and you have been for 23 years? I can see your hands right out there. Okay. An anniversary. That's great. A party. But here's the issue. In the world, if the world would be looking at us as a church, no matter where you are in the world, celebrate and church doesn't go together to the world. Celebration and church doesn't go together, but it's supposed to go together. John 10 said, I came to give you life and that abundantly, like dripping out of every pore. And so when we begin to think about that, celebration is to be joyful. The joy of the Lord is our strength. In your presence, there's joy, everlasting joy. Now, let's look at verse 25. Matthew 16, 25. Jesus continues. He's not done. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. I love the New Living Translation here. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. Now, there's another oxymoron. Losers are keepers. Now, that doesn't make any sense to the world. And as you know, that's the hard part. You can try to keep your life for yourself by doing our own thing, discover that we actually never really experience real life. If we hoard it, if we cling to it, if we grasp it, if we try to take care of ourselves and trust ourselves and ask, well, what's in it for me? You and I will never, ever discover real life. One of the joys I like to do, and many of you do, Pastor Dave and Pastor Dean, a lot of you guys have headed on mission trips. What is the joy when we head on mission trips around the world? Is we typically are involved with people that have way less than we have. And yet, how can I say it? Their joy meter is higher than ours. Could I hear an amen? And we were like, well, wait a minute. That can't be. It's so simple. There's not enough of this. Yeah, I just got back from Gospel for Asia, I told you. And here, as you're over there, uh, these kids are fasting at least three times a week. Why? So that when they head off to the little villages where the people don't have a lot of food, fasting is not a big deal. They've gotten used to it. Today, Pastor Mark taught about what he calls the five C's and how these principles help you become a better Christ follower, making that commitment to doing whatever it takes to be a better Christian. You learned that the phrase, never Lord, is not something you should be saying. You also heard about the importance of learning to follow Jesus, going with His plan. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. 
That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching, Five C's. He'll continue to unpack his principle of the five C's. You'll learn more about what they are. You'll hear about the power of the word if. You'll also hear about the necessity of celebration. Pastor Mark will explain what biblical celebration is as well as what it is that you need to be celebrating. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Five C's. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a herd